What's going on, everyone? And welcome back. This is episode seven of the Loud Hounds podcast. I'm Bobby McInnes, back with Thomas Ballone, and I'm excited for another week. Thank you, Greycom Studios, for letting us record. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Bob, I'm excited for another week. Excuse me, guys, if you hear my voice a little raspy or a little congested. I'm I'm a little under the weather, but we're battling through it here. Um, Big, big uh, week in the NFL this week. Uh, Upset on Sunday night. Uh, It was an exciting week of football, Bob. Yeah, and you know, the upset happened right here in Baltimore where we record. The Baltimore Ravens took on the New England Patriots. And honestly, um, it was very exciting to see all the Baltimore fans here. And there's, you know, there's Patriot fans everywhere. But um, there's a lot of hype leading up to that game, and Lamar Jackson got the job done. He went. He was seems like to be the only quarterback this year to actually go right through that um, Patriots defense, and the Patriots didn't have an answer for him. Yeah, it's almost something that you really don't see from a New England Patriot team. Uh, I would say they were unprepared, which is almost you never hear from a, a Belichick coach team. Uh, they could not stop Lamar Jackson on the ground. They didn't really get beat through the air that much, but Lamar Jackson was killing them with uh, – the run game and Mark Ingram too. They ran all over them and it seemed every time New England scored, the Ravens answered right back and it just, the Patriots could never really get back into the game uh, from the third quarter on. I agree. And you know, with my team, the New York Jets, complete embarrassment, losing to the Miami Dolphins. Um, and it looks like Sam Darnold is starting to regress. And quite honestly, I'm going to blame that on the coaching and the offensive line. Um, this management of the New York Jets, they brought in the wrong coach. They may have thought he was the right coach at the time, but you know, obviously with one in, uh, you're with a one and seven record and you can't beat the Miami Dolphins, you're not the right guy. So the Jets are currently regressing Sam Darnold's progress and if they don't make a change soon um, the Sam Darnold experiment is just going to go the wrong way yeah that was a tough game to watch for Jeff Hens on Sunday I personally thought Gase should have been fired Monday morning that's an inexcusable loss against the worst team in the league who's not even trying to win games at this point but um just that defense was getting picked apart by Fitzpatrick and the offense never really got a shot to get going they can't really get a run game with the O-line um I don't know. Things are moving backwards, Sam, but the, the good news is if they keep losing, they're obviously going to get a high, a high pick in the draft, and <clears throat> I think they should probably clean house coaching staff-wise uh, going into next year. Yeah, so they did hire a new GM, Joe Douglas. He didn't do anything last offseason. That was all Mike McCagnan. He didn't even hire Adam Gase, so um, I have a lot of hope for the new GM, and I think that um, Christopher Johnson, the Jets owner, is definitely going to let him do whatever he wants to the coaching staff and the roster, and we're just going to see what direction he can try to put the Jets in, and hopefully it's the right one. Yeah, hopefully they can start moving in the right direction. Um, Miami Dolphins, too. I mean, they got the win, but I still think they're probably not going to win another game the rest of the season. Um, they're piling up all their draft picks. They're looking like they're moving in the right direction. Um, we could talk about the game last night, too, the Giants. I mean... Giants looked good to start the game as they have done in a lot of games this season, but then the defense just gets worn down. Their their run stop defense is horrific. They they couldn't even touch Ezekiel Elliott until he got five yards past the line of scrimmage. Um, not to mention that Cowboys O line is probably the best in the league, but they did get a few takeaways. Um, they were hanging around up until that fourth quarter where they couldn't get in the end zone. Um, refs were 
all over social media, people were ripping the refs. Um, you could say that they did help Dallas out. There were a few plays that changed the course of that game, but the fact that Giants couldn't get in the end zone on most of their red zone trips really hurt them for settling for three against the Dallas team, who we all we all know is much better than the Giants. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, the Giants, they had a lot of opportunities. You mentioned the first pick, the first play of the game. They got an interception inside the 10-yard line, couldn't get it in, um, and had to settle for three. And a, a few other times with the Saquon Barkley screen pass, they got all the way down to the red zone couldn't get it in and yes um there were some either blown calls or um some of the some of the wrong calls by the refs but you know what that happens every game across the nfl um and obviously fans only pay more attention when it happens to their team however we saw with the saints last year um i saw one last week or this past weekend with the jets robbie anderson got called for pass interference even though he was um, blocking within the one side with within one yard um which is completely legal um and you know we see it across the league but the truth is it does play a factor into the outcome of the games um however like we said the new york giants had a lot of opportunities that they should have capitalized on they did and i just want to go into that referee topic for a little bit um you know how this year they made it uh, legal to challenge yep. uh, pass interferences now ever since that St. Rams game. And I personally don't agree with, with that decision because if you're going to, if you're going to make it legal to do that, you need to at least reverse uh, some of the pass interferences that are PIs. Um, last night, uh, Cowboys were all over Evan Engram before the ball got there. I think it was Jalen Smith. And it was a clear PI. They didn't call on the field, which is fine. But when Schirmer throws a challenge flag, you would expect it to get overturned. But un- if, you, if you've seen the whole course of the season, uh, there's been three maybe PIs overturned, maybe five. It's just been, if you're going to challenge it, um, you're, at this point you're wasting time out because I don't know if it's they don't want, the refs don't want to look bad reversing the call or what it is, but if it's going to be challengeable, you got you to gotta reverse the ones that are PIs, you know? No, I agree. And the amount, the percentage of calls that have been overturned, um, the number is minuscule. Um, it's very low. And... Last week, again, I'm going to bring up the Robbie Anderson. Adam Gase actually did challenge that call, and it did not get reversed. So that's another time where, you know, the play probably should have been reversed. However, the referees did not reverse it. And my thoughts on it, my my personal take, I think that after that Saints game last year, the NFL had to put something in place because that was a clear blown call, and there was nothing that they could do to overturn it. Um, and I they needed something to be put in place to make the owners and the fans shut up. And in case something like that, where it's completely obvious happens again, they can actually overturn it. Um, and I think that a reason, the reason that they are not overturning all these smaller ones or not as obvious ones is because they want the refs to have control. And if the refs are overturning every single call they make, then eventually there won't be need for referees on the field. Everything will just be um, up to replay. Yeah, which might have to be uh, what's what's going to happen in the future because in baseball they're they're thinking about going to electronic umpires, especially for that strike zone. But that's what we might have to see in the future if these um, referees can't get it together. Yeah, I mean referees and umpires across they're human all, across uh, all sports. Um, this is nothing new. This has happened throughout history, and um, as we have the technology now, where we might be able to have these automatic refs, um, even machines make mistakes. So uh, what we'll have to see. I mean. I think it's definitely an interesting take. Time will tell. Um, and it's probably something that we'll see in the future. I think it's inevitable. I think eventually it'll happen. Um, I don't know how old we'll be when it happens, but I think that there will be a day where we see automated referees or automated umpires. Definitely. All right, so now we're going to transition into 
Let's talk about some NFL midseason awards. Um, you know, MVP, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie 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 Awards, um, and Coach of the Year. So, Tom, first I'm going to ask you, who is your league MVP this year? Right now, my league MVP has to be Russell Wilson. Um, Christian, Mc, don't get me wrong, Christian McCaffrey has had a great uh, season so far, but. Being a running back, it's just hard to compete against a quarterback who's touching the ball every single play. He's involved with everything, every single offensive play. Um, Russell Wilson has an insane TD to interception ratio so far. I'm pretty sure he's got 22 TDs and only one pick through eight or nine games they've played, um, which is insane. And I think he's looked the best in the league uh by a good margin by anyone else. No, I agree. He's definitely having a career year for himself, um, and he looks amazing out there, and he's definitely contributing to his team's um, win record. And you'd mentioned Christian McCaffrey. For me, I'd probably put him as Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, McCaffrey. Um, He has had a tremendous impact on the Carolina Panthers, and he's on pace to break the scrimmage yard record um, for running backs. However, it's not crazy to think that a running back can win MVP. I mean, not too long ago in 2012, Adrian Peterson won MVP. However, that year he rushed for over 2,000 yards, which um, is amazing. Um, that's an understatement. Um, but it's definitely a possibility that if Chris McCaffrey can keep up this pace um, and maybe Russell Wilson falters a little bit, that he can jump ahead. However, yep. um, I think that Russell Wilson is the clear candidate right now. I can't think of another quarterback that is even in the same discussion. That's that's for sure. And we got a great matchup next Monday night. Um Jimmy Garoppolo and the Seahawks Niners. Yep. That should be going. Yeah. So um, now we're going to move on. Defensive player of the year. I'm not too impressed with, um, I don't think there's any really defenders that are completely standing out to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Aaron Donald's a big name every year. He's in discussion for defensive player of the year. Um, However, someone that I like this year, Shaquille Barrett. Um, he's on the Bucks, and yeah, his he's, sack totals. He's the sack leader. High. He's the sack leader in the NFL. So I think he's definitely a candidate this year for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, then there's guys like Miles Garrett. Um, perhaps Chandler Jones is up there in sacks and tackles as well. So, um, there's a couple candidates. But you mentioned um Miles or I mentioned Miles Garrett, um Shaquille Barrett, and Chandler Jones. They're all on losing teams. The only one that's on a winning team, um, is Nick Bosa and perhaps um Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now I got to go with um, Donald just because that's the safe bet. But I, I definitely see your argument with Barrett. He's had a, a record uh, season with those sacks. And um, I would still go Donald. All right, so for Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, who would you say is you know playing the best and shining shining the brightest as a rookie this year? Right now my, my favorite is going to be Kyler Murray. I'm not saying he's had a – an insane rookie year, but he has um, been probably the best rookie. He's he's got good control of the game. He has good rushing yards. He can scramble outside the pocket. And he doesn't really turn the ball over too much. Um, so right now, I think he's my rookie of the, rookie of the year. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with Josh Jacobs. He's on my uh, fantasy football team, so I might be a little biased there. However, He's had a good season. Very good season. He has six touchdowns on the year, um, and he's rushed for over 100 yards three times. He fell short one game at 99. Uh, some of his other um, yards here are 85, 79, so he's definitely making an impact. Uh, he has, I believe, four games over 20 carries, which, you know, he's a, just a workhorse for that Gruden offense. And he's he's been a standout rookie this year. Yeah, he's one of the big reasons why the rate how the Raiders are uh what they're at right now. They I'm pretty sure they're four and four. Yeah, they just lost um to 
Did no, they, they got the, they got the win they beat against the Lions. The Lions. So I, I believe they're five and four now. Five and four. Yeah, they're they're competitive in that division because the Chiefs, um, they don't have a great record. I think I think they're six and three. So like or some something around there. Six and three. Six and three. So they're competitive in in the uh, in the AFC right now, so, and he's he's a big reason why. All right, I feel like this isn't even up for discussion, but defensive rookie of the year. It's got to be Nick Bosa. I can't hear any name besides Nick Bosa. He's had I mean, a great season for the Niners. I believe that if Josh Allen was getting more snaps, um, he might be able to put up the same production. However, they're not using him as much as I thought in that Jacksonville defense. They're not. Um, they also have Clayus Campbell, but, yeah, but for when, edge rusher-wise, they should be using him. And when Allen's been out there, he's been producing. I mean, he had a couple sacks against the Jets. So Yeah, I don't know if they don't want to overwork him as a rookie or what the deal is there, but... He's he's got a lot of talent also, but right now it's got to be Bosa. All right, and coach of the year, who would you give um, for coach of the year? I got to go with Shanahan right now for the Niners. He just the way he's he's working that team. Um, they're just having a lot of fun out there. He's keeping the uh, the locker room just really mellow and just like easy peasy. You guys do what you got to do, get the job done. And they're undefe- they're on the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. So I got to go Kyle Shanahan. How about you? For me, I'm probably, for me, I thought about Shanahan. I thought about LaFleur. Um, you look at other winning programs, but I think I have to go with Sean Payton. Um, the Saints team, they lost Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater stepped up. They lost um, Kamara, Latavius Murray stepped up. And it seems like even throughout injuries, this team somehow still only has one loss. Yeah. Um, after Breeze went down, everyone was thinking, oh, this could be it for the Saints. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? And Bridgewater came in, and I think he went 5-0 and as the starter there, filling in for Breeze. So, yeah, Peyton's been Peyton's been a great coach so far in his career, and I think this season he's proven he could definitely win Coach of the Year. I agree, and his defense has looked outstanding. Yeah, Saints D has been very underrated this season. Um, yeah, so now we can talk about, I mean, we could do a quick Super Bowl prediction if you want. Um, for me in the AFC, it's going to be the Patriots. I really <laughs> don't see any other team, possibly the Chiefs when Mahomes is healthy, but their defense um, is just not even up to par. And maybe the Ravens, considering that they just beat the Patriots. However, Brady in the playoffs and Belichick in the playoffs is a totally different story. Um, yeah. And in the NFC for me, I'm probably going to go with the Packers. I think that all around they are an excellent team. I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think that um, he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFC um, that's going to make the playoffs. So for me, it's Packers, um, Patriots. Okay, I can see your point there. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say um, I apologize. Last week or two weeks ago, I said Pats are going 19-0. I really thought they could, but um, they just didn't come out with the fire last, last week in uh, Baltimore. But uh, I clearly still have New England making it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um, Chiefs are my only team that they can, can give them trouble. Maybe Houston, maybe Indianapolis. Obviously, you said Baltimore. But realistically, Chiefs defense isn't cutting it. And Lamar's probably going to have to throw the football a little more in the playoffs if he wants to be New England. Uh, yeah, so my team at the AFC is New England. Um, NFC, it's obviously a lot tougher. you got a lot of great teams this season. Seahawks, Packers, Niners, Saints are the top four teams right now. But i got to go the New Orleans Saints. I think they overcome uh, adversity from last season with that blown call. I think they get to the Super Bowl this season. Um, Kamara's got to step it up, though, for them. He hasn't done a lot this year for them. Uh, if he could step it up, if Breeze um, can get healthy off this bye week, the, their defense is rolling. I can, I can see them uh, making it to the Super Bowl. Facing New England. All right, so last segment before we 
close the show this week. I want to talk about the Bears because their quarterback situation is very messy. They have Mitch Trubisky, who they jumped up, drafted. I believe they traded up to second overall to get him, passed up on guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And this dude is an absolute bust. And right now they have they they have one of the best defenses in the league. And they're wasting the it. Bears. And they're wasting it away. They're not going to be able to keep everyone forever. So there needs to be a change made soon. Um, and do you think that they fix that in the draft or perhaps free agency? I personally think they should go after a quarterback in the draft. This is a stacked draft class. If you look at all of the skilled positions, there is great quarterback depth. You have from Herbert uh, to uh, um, wide receivers. You got a few Bama guys. You got Ruggs, Judy, Oklahoma. You got... Um, Who's their big guy in Oklahoma? I think they have Rambo, and they also have uh, C.D. Lamb. So you running got backs, you have ETN, J- Taylor, um, Swift, ETN on Clemson. Yep, and you have it's a stacked draft class. Yeah, yeah. But um, going back to the Bears, so quarterback, you can definitely go quarterback. I personally like Herbert out of this draft. A lot of people are high on Tua Tagovailoa, but I do th- personally think the height will eventually kill him in the NFL, and. I think he can definitely throw the ball downfield, but my safe bet is Herbert. Herbert looks the most NFL ready to me, and it looks like Miami is um, strongly pursuing Tua. So if on the Bears, you can definitely get Herbert, or if you might have to trade up to get him, depending where you finish draft spot. But um, this team can't keep relying on Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's thrown a passing touchdown in his last five weeks. I don't think he's thrown more than. Th- 300 at least 300 yards in one single game this whole season and how could you be a number two overall draft pick and put up these numbers um it's just tough for the bears right now they're also their rookie montgomery hasn't really been that good the last two weeks he's he's picked it up but nothing that they were they were comparing him to josh jacobs and montgomery just hasn't given them what they want this year so this bears offense is really it's really struggling right now but i think you definitely have to pursue a quarterback in in the uh draft yeah, for me, I'm going to say that they can actually try to target a quarterback in free agency next year. I believe Teddy Bridgewater um, will be able to opt out of his contract and he will be able to test free the free agent waters. And honestly, he's a guy you could probably get for between 20 and 30 million a year. And he showed that he can win games with the Saints. And I believe with, you know, the high powered defense of the Chicago Bears and the playmakers around him with David Montgomery, who's starting to come on Tariq Cohen, who's and a very elusive running back who's using the pass game all the time. You have Allen Robinson, Trey Burton's not a bad um, tight end when he has a competent quarterback throwing to him. Uh, I think that Teddy Bridgewater would be a good fit in Chicago. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad idea. Teddy Bridgewater was the Vikings quarterback for the future until he injured himself in uh, practice. Till he tore, I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL. And he was supposed to be a starter in this league. <clears throat> but then... He ends up being a backup on the Saints. He went to the Jets for a little bit. Now he's on the Saints. And I think he definitely deserves a starting spot, especially after the five weeks he put together with Breeze being out. So that's definitely not a bad move for the for the Bears to look into. Yeah, he definitely earned it. All right, so that just about does it for this week. This was week seven of the Loud Hounds podcast. Thank you, Graycom Studios. Uh, week in and week out, I'm Bobby McInnes with Thomas Spallone, and we'll see you next week.